Lasting change starts with education. Here are the voices for our future that are inspiring meaningful change for the next generation. This episode of Voices for Our Future was produced by Bloom Communications and sponsored by Campus Advantage. Nico Ramsey is a corporate social responsibility professional and a civil rights activist from Austin, Texas. At the municipal, state, and federal level, Nico works with Central Texas nonprofits that promote systemic change to break the cycle of poverty, provide access to safe and affordable healthcare, and for queer and racial justice and equality. He serves on the Board of Governors for the nation's largest LGBTQ civil rights organization, the Human Rights Campaign, and the Austin LGBT Chamber of Commerce. He is also affiliated through committee work with the City of Austin's Corporate Engagement Council, United Way for Greater Austin, Zach Theater, Leadership Austin, Vivant Health, and Todos Suntos Learning Center. Thanks so much for joining us on Voices for Our Future, Nico. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we are too. So let's get right into it. Tell us about yourself, a little bit about your background and what you do. My name is Nico Ramsey. I am a community relations director for Velocity Credit Union. Um, I've lived in Austin for now going on, I think, eight years. Time flies. You don't realize how fast it goes. But I originally came from a small city called Keller, Texas, which is a suburb right outside of Fort Worth. And I always knew I was going to end up in Austin growing up. We always uh, take trips with my family. And I was like, oh, I'm going to live here one day. And now I live here. A little bit about what I do. Um, in addition to my community relations work uh, with Velocity, which we'll get into, um, I also do a lot of work around civic engagement and systematic change, um, social justice. I uh, sit on the board of the National Board of Governors for this group called the Human Rights Campaign, um, which is uh, LGBTQ civil rights group. And then also doing work with local nonprofits like United Way for Greater Austin, um, Vivant Health, Leadership Austin, um, really focusing on groups and organizations that focus on systems, um, which is what I'm passionate about. So, Nico, can you talk about your educational background? And do you think that has had any influence on the work you're doing today? Sure. I came to Austin and I actually started off in an internship with a director called Richard Linklater and I was a film intern. Growing up, I was all about like theater. and I thought I was going to like, I'm doing this because I want to win an Oscar and all this stuff. It's funny, my journey through film and educating myself in communication actually led me to wanting to get involved in social justice uh, because I believe that anyone in this array is a storyteller. If you work in advocacy, you are a storyteller. A lot of your work as a community, community relations director at Velocity Credit Union is focused on financial education. Um, can you talk about the importance of this work? Yeah. So a little background on Velocity, it started off as a city of Austin's credit union. So with credit unions, each board has a field of membership. Now, more times than not, credit unions are community chartered. With that in mind, with my job teaching financial literacy, the thing we overlook a lot, especially um, when it comes to understanding like basic things like debit, credit, money in general, is that those are things that are taught in school districts that tend to be, you know, either more wealthy or have the resources to teach. That's not a common thing. So you're dealing with people from all walks of life. And the importance of understanding of basic things like financial literacy is invaluable. And you really, it humbles you, especially when I go out and teach like 
things that like a checking account and how many people actually don't know how to use a checking account. It's mind blowing, but it's because systems in our society don't prioritize teaching that. And only a select few people in our society learn that. So, um, you know, to answer your question, it's just, it's needed now more than ever because information is everywhere, especially with the internet. Um, so I feel that because of certain systematic failures, my job position can be more important. So I found something that relates to what you're talking about um, from the Brookings Institute. They, I found a report from 2016 and they said that in 2016 at $171,000, the net worth of a typical white family is nearly 10 times greater than that of a black family at $17,150. So can you just talk more about um, if you think financial literacy has anything to do with this? I mean, that's kind of just what you were saying, how financial literacy is so important for everybody. And then do you see gaps in regards to financial literacy between white and non-white communities? Oh, definitely. I mean, if you don't know how to manage a budget, if you don't know how to keep your, you know, the difference between a balance and available balance, and you find yourself always, you know, uh, accumulating fees because of overdrafting, of course, you're not going to be able to, there's going to be a difference in um, what a white family will have and a person of color will have. It's because they were not taught the things that predominantly are taught in white communities. Um, or school districts. Luckily, there are nonprofits out there that are trying to bridge the gap, like United Way for Greater Austin with their two-gen work. Um, but what we are dealing with here is generations and generations of not being you know, taught the basic skills of financial literacy. So you mentioned United Way's program. Are you seeing any other positive impact through this work? Yeah. So the the really cool thing about United Way is that they are an umbrella they are an umbrella organization that brings together a bunch of thought leaders uh, to fix uh, systems. So uh, one of the pillars is financial literacy. It's amazing when you see you teach someone a basic skill that not just their understanding of what you just taught them, but their confidence to pursue other avenues in life to better and enrich their family, themselves. It's the whole idea of when you actually believe in someone and you actually give someone tools, what they can do. I'm thinking about people who are coming out of school um, and maybe who don't really know that much about finances or feel like they just went to four years of college or maybe didn't go to college. What financial advice or tips or anything really do you have for young people transitioning out of school and into the workforce? Be mindful of those credit cards. And I probably sound like somebody's mother or father, but let me tell you, it sounds good. 0% um, for the first six months, meaning you don't have to pay it back, but trust and believe you will be paying it back sooner or later and with interest. So, you know, tip number one, but also uh, just in general, for somebody that wants to make sure that they have their finances in place is that, and this is a plug for credit unions, but it's because it's the, it, they, they provide this service and I haven't seen a bank that does really hone in on building your credit early. And you can do that through things like a shared secured loan, um, which is a loan that you pay back to yourself and you're building credit. And so 
when you end up do probably getting a credit card, you're getting it at the lowest interest rate. When you do go and take out a loan to buy a vehicle, you're getting it at a lower interest rate. What financial institutions have to look for is your credit worthiness. And if you can show early on that you are able to sustain and make obligations, um, pay obligations timely, you are setting yourself up for more success because we are a credit check run society and you will have things at lower cost so long as you are able to, you know, don't go crazy with, you know, spending the credit cards and doing things that your parents might tell you not to do. Do you see BIPOC and LGBTQ plus folks represented in the finance industry? Do I see, you know, people of color in LGBTQ plus representation? The answer is yes. Finances in general, you will find a lot of LGBTQ plus people working in this industry. I mean, I don't know what it is about it that draws people to, but so I definitely in my space see representation, especially when you look at people that work in branch services. Also, a lot of people are, you know, people of color and also they are bilingual because when you are on the front lines, having to interact with people, especially when you live in a community like Austin, that is so culturally, you know, diverse in the sense of, you have a little bit of everything. Now, caveat, sometimes those little bits of everything are segregated within our communities, but they could frequent the institution at which you work. So the benefits and financial institutions know this of having people who are able to not just look like their community, but be able to conversate within the community only helps business. And that, at least in the credit union financial world, uh, goes all the way up to the top. I mean, from senior level positions all the way to teller operations. So you're involved in a lot in the Austin community. What fostered your sense of activism and passion for civic engagement? What, what really got me involved is understanding that, asking the question first, why is it like this? You know, do things have to be like this, especially living in Texas? And if you are someone that kind of leans more progressive, you might always have questions about, well, you know, that's weird that this certain group, this, why do I have this many uh, polling places? But you go to the east side and there's only one. That's where it starts. And then you start, the more questions you start asking, which is what I did, you start trying to find resources, so organizations that specialize in this to learn more. And then the light bulb comes on that, oh, wow, I can talk to my representative. I can call up someone in city council. I can, I can uh, build, you know, organize people for a cause. And that is kind of what pushed me forward was asking the question of why do I, why do I feel this way that this doesn't seem right? And then the rest is history. I mean... Once you, once you see something wrong, shame on anyone that turns around and says, well, didn't see it because you can't unsee what you already know. You serve as a member for multiple organizations in Austin. Um, can you talk about how you got involved with these organizations and what you do for them? Yeah. So we have civil rights and then we have business. So sorry, civil rights is the human rights campaign. Business is the LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Health is Vivant Health, which is a, a focuses on 
people living with HIV. And then we have uh, people experiencing like live poverty. So that's United Way for Greater Austin. And the baseline of everything I do is Leadership Austin. So uh, it's it's very weird how I think about my involvement with all these orgs and how they all kind of overlap each other. But my work in civil rights and my work with the business community, as much as I want to believe that our government, you know, pushes forward because of stories about people and the rights, it's about the dollars. So a key that I found is having businesses understand the importance of being equality minded and how that in return is a financial investment back into their business, but also is a pushing forward the lives of many who are constantly on the ballot every election. And then you have Vivant Health and United Way for Greater Austin. So uh, luckily, United Way for Greater Austin is uh, an umbrella for a lot of different nonprofits focusing on the systemic change to bring people out of poverty. And with them, um, I serve on their, like, their Emerging Leaders Executive Committee, and as well as Early Matters Steering Committee, which focuses on early childhood education. And I'm going to actually be this next text. I joined their policy committee uh, because of my work uh, with the Human Rights Campaign and really helping people understand that uh, the first six years of a child's life are crucial for their development. And to bring someone out of poverty takes an early investment into that individual. And then with Vivant Health, it's, you know, educating people about the disease that is HIV and that it's not just someone who identifies underneath the LGBTQ uh, umbrella, but it's in everybody's. So breaking that stigma and teaching, you know, promoting safe sex, being sex positive, take down those barriers and kind of connect dots for some people. And um, Leadership Austin, again, the baseline of everything that I do helps me just hone in my skills of being able to talk to not just one kind of person, but multiple kinds of people. What value have you found in participating in these organizations or what have you learned? Well, I would say if it, if it wasn't a value, it's definitely the ability of listening. I mean, these ideas and thoughts that I have now, if you would have checked in with this person eight years ago, uh, they're not drastically different, but they are definitely refined and they are specific. Because that is the one thing about advocacy in general is that it has to be specific. With everything going on, you know, in all aspects of life, your message has to be clear. And the, the beautiful thing about all the organizations that I volunteer for is that they are data-driven. And that is the thing that people respond to the most. If you can show someone the numbers, if you can show someone the facts, because we are a see-it-believe-it society, you will help push forward whatever agenda you're trying to do. What advice would you give to young people who are looking to get involved in their community and organizations like the ones you're involved in? When you know your why, your what will always make sense. My first uh, statement I would tell them or would ask them is why? Like, why do you want to get involved in this? Why? Uh, and when you know that why, and I mean like, give me one sentence on why you want to do it, then you'll know. 
I mean, and, and that sounds, and anyone listening is going to be like, ugh, a vague answer. But it really is that because this work is tiring. Nobody thanks you. <laughs> and you're doing it because you feel it's a duty to your community and you're not really asking for anything in return. And you have to be okay with that. And you have to be okay with people disagreeing with you. Be firm in your beliefs, know your values. And if you have all those, you know, figured out and those can change during your time, doesn't mean it has to be finalized, but if you have that foundation going in, you're ready to succeed in any causes, not just with mine, but with anything you want to pursue. Who have been your biggest allies in this space? And do you have any advice for those who want to be better or more involved allies? You know who John Lewis is or who he was. And he's just, of course, uh, his recent passing, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because um, he's been such a figure in my life growing up as a Black, you know, queer man, seeing someone that says, you know, make good trouble. The, the allies in my field have been the ones that take it a little further in our advocacy because that inspires me to take it a little further. If you've ever sat in a room with me, I'm the kind of person that takes in all the information and I don't make impulse decisions. Like I, I'm someone who sits at that table and, you know, I like to say I have a poker face, but people say they can read me like a book, whatever. But I will literally sit at a table and not say a word because I'm processing and making sure what I say is clear, makes sense, has purpose, and it moves something forward. But I will tell you, some of the most amazing change I've, I've seen, especially in these past five, six years, um, have been the people that have not been afraid to act on impulse when it is well intended. And those people inspire me to be a little bit more quick in my decisions because time is of the essence in advocacy. You don't always have a week. Sometimes you don't even have an hour to make a decision. So every time I see one of my colleagues doing something that I'm like, oh, wow, we didn't talk about this. What's going on? It makes me appreciate the ability of judgment that I see from them. And it makes me, you know, like I said, a little bit uh, faster in some of my decisions. Okay. So looking at what you've accomplished at this point in your life, you have a lot to be proud of. From your perspective, what are you most proud of so far and why? So it's an interesting question because in the field that I'm in, it's sometimes hard to sit and appreciate what you're doing because all you see is the end goal. But when your end goal is justice, the secret they don't tell you is that there is no end. So recognizing that, especially during this pandemic, I mean, the fact that we're talking on Zoom and not like, you know, in a studio somewhere in person has given me the opportunity to actually reflect on that question. And I would say the thing that I'm most proud of is that I haven't let somebody tell me no. You know, I mean, and this is not to boast, it's because I've actually taken time to realize what I've been able to accomplish. But recently, I mean... With my work with HRC, I was the youngest person to bring in over a thousand people to co-chair a fundraiser 
Um, that was the one that was recognized across the nation as the best, you know, the be the one that was the most lucrative. And I did that at 25. And then it's when I had to go testify at the Capitol against the bathroom bill, people were saying, well, don't, don't shake it, you know, just keep in mind uh, your reputation. You just want to be careful with what you say, because that's on the record. But that didn't scare me. And I, and I went and, and testified at the Capitol and consistently hearing, Nico, keep your politics to yourself. Nobody cares. I've been able to help make sense for some people what is going on. And they realize that maybe their best interest is voting another way. So it's, it's these things of listening to myself, I think I am most proud of. Because, and I, and I would say that with anybody, so listen to what your gut says, because your gut will tell you what is right or wrong. Even when you're not even thinking about if it's right or wrong, if you feel something, your body will react subconsciously. That, that is what has made me proud, is that I have been able to listen to what, what I want and what I want for my community. So I know you mentioned John Lewis um, just a little bit ago, but who is one person or activist that has recently inspired you and why? Oh, well, I would say it'd be Greta Thunberg. I am excited for this next generation of leaders. It is exciting, their ability to use digital engagement. When we talk about concise messaging to make sense, I mean, to say the world is on fire, what a statement. And it makes sense, and it's true. I mean, just watching her and over the years, uh, and watching how she has taken the climate conversation to places that have people who are, believe it's a hoax, talking about it in a way, and now backtracking, saying, well, I mean, at the age of 18, she understands her voice. She's, uh, she understands her conviction, her values at this age. I cannot wait to see what she does uh, in the next 10 years, because I guarantee you this is not the last time we hear about her. And I believe she will be one of the, you know, one of the people that have been already working in this space, but she's going to inspire so many more people just like her that will, fingers crossed, uh, save our planet. Okay. What would you say is one of the most prominent issues you would like to see more young people engaged in today? Oh, I would say, and this is like, this is a little niche, but I'm going to say it because I know someone out there is going to resonate. Getting involved in state and house races when it comes to politics because redistricting and zoning and things like that keep in mind the way our representation is in the state of texas is by design and drawn whoever is in power at that time controls the outline of your community and your representation if you feel for some reason, you're not being represented well. Take a look at how your community is drawn, you know, drawn out. Now, I will also say this isn't just for the state of Texas that is known to lean conservative. I'm also talking about the city of Austin. There is going to be redistricting coming up uh, with, you know, your city council. If you feel like that maybe the lines that are drawn in the city of Austin don't reflect, you know, or you feel marginalized, you have an opportunity to uh, 
sign up and be on that commission. Because if you think about it, how nice would it be to have lines that are drawn through the city instead of up and down the city that has for so long been a separation of the East and the West. And maybe, I mean, just putting this out there, maybe we might start having more conversations about social equity because it's not just involving someone who lives on, you know, the wrong side of I-35. So that's what I would say. And then finally, Nico, what is next for you on your journey? What do you see yourself having accomplished? So I hope to find myself in a position within this community to help move it forward. What that means specifically, we'll find out. But I would love to serve in a position where I'm able to do what I do now um, full time and be able to push you know, equality forward and have a say in that. And uh, we'll find out what that looks like, I'm sure, in the coming years. But um, that's, that's where my heart is. Thanks for joining us on Voices for Our Future, Nico. Thanks for listening to Voices for Our Future. Learn more about Bloom Communications at bloomcommunications.com and this month's sponsor, Campus Advantage, at campusadv.com. Tune in next week to hear from another special guest. And make sure to follow and share if you like our content.